Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you, and today is Friday, November 20th. Week 11 is upon us. The Jaguars host the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday at 1 o'clock, and the game is presented by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Coming up, recapping a tough loss for the Jags in Green Bay last week. Cam Robinson discusses the state of the offensive line and a preview of the Steelers-Jaguars matchup. Let's start with the aftermath of last week's 24-20 loss to the Packers. The Jaguars had a fourth-quarter lead, but they let it slip away, and they were unable to get anything done late in the fourth quarter offensively. Overall, the Jaguars played better. They won the turnover battle and took a punt return in for a touchdown, but the result was the eighth consecutive loss. Quarterback Jake Luton said after the game that there was disappointment in the locker room. Uh, we all expect better. I'm trying to figure it out, and, and uh, you know, I feel like everyone feels we're really close. You know, we're, we're proud of the way that we fight. You know, the, it's not a lack of effort, you know, by any means. I think everybody on all sides of the ball is, is you know, busting their butt as hard as they can. It's just a, a matter of execution. So guys are upset, you know. Guys are, uh, you know, they, they want better. They expect better. You know, we all do. And so, uh, you know, I don't think there's any hanging of heads, but just a, a personal expectation from each and every one of us to, to improve, to put us in a situation to, you know, go in ballgame. Head coach Doug Marone was asked a similar question in the post-game video conference about the team improving. He wasn't having it at the time, and we discussed his answer on Monday's Jaguars Happy Hour with Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli. Obviously, every loss is frustrating for varying degrees. Uh, this one, uh, any more than some, than some of the others, just because you had, you really had a chance to win the game and your, and your team overall played really well. I want to make sure I answer this the right way. Every time you play and lose, for me, I'm not going to talk about anybody else. There's something that's in my soul that just gets ripped out. So that that's how I feel. So it doesn't matter whether it's this game or the other seven before it. And it's something that you can't replace. At least that's how I feel. I appreciate the question, though. Head coach Doug Marone, last night, they've now lost eight consecutive games there, Pete, and uh, a little well, frustration that that coming Doug out. Marone, Doug Marone no longer has a soul then. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very nice, Pete. Wow. Well, he just, said, he just said his soul gets ripped apart every time, piece by piece. It's gone every loss. It's done. There's a lot nice, of losing Pete. in it. Well, no, but it's a reality. Look, you feel for the guy. You know he. You know he's competitive as hell. That's who he is, and there's nothing he can do about it. Nothing. Uh, I mean, that team went up there and actually fought, and they showed life, and they showed a little spunk. They were jumping around. They're just not good enough. And so, from my standpoint, I was watching it yesterday, and I said, "Ooh, step in the right direction." Some young players look like they're getting better. There's some enthusiasm. They look a little. And then they lost. It was the best of both worlds. It was another win. He, he might not feel it, but the community feels it. What if they had won that game? Well, he'd be happier because, listen, he's looking at his, the, the, the immediate. I mean, if you go 1-15, most guys don't keep their jobs after 1-15. Not keeping their job at 2-14, and 14, Tony. <laughs> well... <laughs> And it's not funny for Doug because they put a lot of work in it. And I give Doug credit, man. I mean, he's got this young team playing hard. And they're just not that talented in certain areas. And they played as, I mean, I don't want to say as well as they could, but pretty dang well. Got 
turnovers. No one turns over Aaron Rodgers. Had a punt return for a touchdown. I mean, they had the weather that kind of brought the teams closer because weather does that. You know, bad uh, field conditions and everything else and wind and wet and, like, you know, kind of um, shortens the margin or narrows the margin between teams all the time in the NFL. And, and I think he caught a, you know, a Green Bay team looking a little bit ahead. You know, I'm not thinking much about it. You know what? And they didn't win. And that hurts. And because you put a lot of work in, Pete, as you know, these teams, I mean, it's, these guys are working hard. I mean, that's one thing I hear consistently out of the building, not being there, but hear from people I trust, that this is a team that they put put in the work. The guys are working hard. They're in the classroom. And when you don't get results, which is ultimately the only thing that matters, man, it makes it hard. The archives of media video conferences and Jaguars Happy Hour available on the official team website, jaguars.com. Now to the Jaguars' offensive line. Left tackle Cam Robinson is in a contract year, but last week there were issues late in the game in pass protection. Ashwin Sullivan caught up with Robinson for Jaguars All-Access Television and had plenty to discuss on and off the field. Cam's starting quarterback Jake Luton preparing for his third start. What have you seen from him in practice in games from the starter? Um, one thing that I've, I've noticed about him is that um, he's, he's extremely like cool under pressure. He's never too high or too low. Well, I think the, well, the one time I saw him kind of excited was um, game before last when he threw his first touchdown to DJ. I, I saw him get a little excited for that one. Um, that was you know, to be expected, <laughs> but um, he's extremely co cool and uh, composed. All right, and I was talking to Tony Baselli, of all people, this week about the role of an offensive lineman. And overall, you guys had a great game against the Green Bay Packers, but that last drive definitely stands out. And I know you guys would like to have that back and improve. So how hard is that mentally to shake off those mistakes and rebuild for this week? I don't think it's, I don't think it's too hard mentally. Uh, we know what we got to do better, and we know what we need to be better at. And um, we just, we, you know, we just come in um, – each day looking to improve on those things and um, just looking to improve overall. And the Steelers pass rush leads the lead in sacks, leads the lead in forced turnovers. So how have you been preparing for this? And obviously Steelers, they're a very aggressive team to play against always. Preparing just like every other week. We always we always prepare um, extremely. We always go into every game extremely, extremely well prepared for um, everything we're going to see or everything we think we're going to see. So, um, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a good football team, but... We're gonna, we, don't, we, don't, we don't overlook anyone, and we're going we're gonna to go in there every week um, with the same preparation. I just spoke with uh, Will Richardson, who tried to tell me that he was the best dressed on the offensive line. Do you agree with this? <laughs> no. 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 Who has your vote but, then? But, but I, I will say this. It's not me neither. It used to be me. I'm second now to Jawan, just because Jawan just – like some games, I have to just like I don't know, always feel like I just throw on like a hoodie. The one is every week is some designer is some one just <laughs> one don't take no breaks. I can't do it every week. I, I sometimes I feel like putting on the hoodie and dressing down. One ain't one ain't giving no breaks, but will no. One player who had a big game last week, wide receiver Keelan Cole. He had a receiving touchdown and he also returned a punt 91 yards for a score, a franchise long. This week, he was asked about his future with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, we don't get you nearly enough. So, following up, do you wanna do you wanna be here in next year? Do you see this thing about to turn? I mean, you were part of the seventeen phenomenon and and how great that run was. Do you you see that? You know, as something that this this franchise is close to becoming again. Shoot, I'm I'm down. I'm 
it's 32 teams. I've been on this one team for three and three-fourths of a year. And like I said, it ain't been the greatest thing, but it's football, and that's what we're here for. We're here to play football. Uh, we're obviously here to get paid. And like I said, like, like he asked about the money. Like, I can't, I can't give you the money. I can't really hope for it to come, honestly. I'm just, I just got to do my part and, and just let everything play its role. But uh, when it comes to being a Jacksonville, I don't, I'm not a really a party guy or anything, and apparently Jacksonville doesn't have that. So uh, I feel very good here. I like the warm weather. Hate the cold. Shout out to Green Bay. And, um, yeah, I like the warm weather. I like being here. I like being a Jaguar. I'd rather be a Jaguar than a Falcon or, like, a bird or something. When we return, a Steelers preview with Steelers reporter Missy Matthews. Doug Marone explains the changes at cornerback for this week's game. Plus, Tony Vaselli challenges the offensive tackles. All that after this. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is here to help you keep your money working hard week in and week out. Open a yield pledge checking or money market account today and start scoring some of the most competitive rates in the country. To see how we can fit into your financial game plan, visit a financial center near you or find us online at TIAABank.com slash Jags. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. The Jags have introduced Jags at home this year. You better check it out. It's an interactive second screen experience on game days featuring Ashwin Sullivan and Eric Dunn. Each Sunday, you'll have a chance to win $10,000 in cash and prizes. Visit jagsathome.com for more information on how you can play and you can win. Let's move on to this week's matchup. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the only undefeated team remaining in the NFL, and they're coming into Jacksonville to face the 1-8 Jaguars, who've lost eight in a row. We all know the series history is tight, 12-12 in the regular season. The Jaguars won both playoff matchups in the 2007 and 2017 postseasons. But this Steelers team isn't focused on all the history. On Jags Drive Time Thursday morning, Steelers team reporter Missy Matthews explained to Ashwin Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton what the focus is for the Steelers this year and went a little deeper into Ben Roethlisberger's motivation. And we listened to Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin's press conference yesterday, and he kind of downplayed the rivalry, and rightfully so. He was talking about the past teams and saying how with this roster, you have to focus it on this year. So what is he saying about this game, this rivalry? We've been playing it up big time, but it seems like Steelers are kind of downplaying it a little bit and saying, let's just focus on this season. Well, I think for the Steelers, uh, being 9-0, and every game it feels like the questions the team is getting, the Coach Tunlin is getting is, is this a trap game? Is this going to be the team that, you know, kind of knocks you off of this win streak? And for Coach Tomlin, every week they set the tone. They're taking it one week at a time. And he kind of throws records out and will highlight, you know, all the different things that are good about the teams that we're facing. They were down in Dallas a few weeks ago. Obviously, they don't have a great record, but it still turned out to be a pretty close game. The Steelers were lucky to leave Dallas with that win um, just coming off of a AFC North game. So they've had a lot of challenges in terms of three straight road games and you know this is another road game and Ben Roethlisberger even said yesterday when he met with the Pittsburgh media they don't play that well against Jacksonville in Jacksonville the last time we were down there I just remember it was a hot swampy day um, and it took Ben Roethlisberger looking like Superman diving over the goal line to kind of win that game so I think they know that they still have to bring their best a game and it's the National Football League as we all know all too well uh, anybody can win on any given day. Nancy I wanted to ask you about Ben Roethlisberger he 
He had the year last year where it was a lost year, obviously. He's so deep into his career, and he's having maybe the best year of his career. I know you're not around him because of the uh, virtual thing that much, but is he sort of savoring this moment, if you will, maybe enjoying this ride a little more than he had been before? I mean, it's a special year for him. Um, I don't know if he's enjoying it more. I think that Ben is one of the all-time competitors, and you can ask anybody who has played with him at any portion of his career. Ben wants to beat you at cards. Ben wants to beat you at pool. Ben Ben competes all the time. And I, yes, I'm not around the team 24-7 like normal, but I do get a chance to kind of watch practice from a safe distance. And I go on Fridays usually, and that is when Ben just works those wide receivers and tight ends and even the running backs and the things that he commands from his guys. I think he has embraced being the older veteran of the offense and the guys are buying in and really following him in terms of his confidence and believing that okay nobody likes what happened during the pandemic with the virtual offseason training camp was different for the Steelers this year and I think Ben has stood up and he has always been a great leader I just think he has a lot of younger guys around him when you play 17 years at some point you're going to be the old guy um, in the locker room so I, I do think that everybody's buying in and you guys have probably seen it if you've watched past film or even the Sunday just what he does in terms of, you know, moving guys around on the Steelers offense, doing a lot of empty set, no huddle. That's where Ben really thrives. And it is his offense for sure. And he does a great job at commanding it. Jack's drive time here is Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday on Jaguars social channels. Thursday afternoon, the Jaguars announced that the first round pick cornerback C.J. Henderson was going on injured reserve with a groin issue. A few minutes later on the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars radio network, we asked the Jaguars head coach the lay of the land at cornerback against a stacked Steelers offense. Some breaking news this afternoon. C.J. Henderson placed on injured reserve. Uh, Doug, he had a groin injury. And when did it happen? Obviously, it's bad enough to put him on the shelf for a bit, unfortunately. And, you know, against a Steelers team this week that has all those weapons on the outside. Take us through the situation for Henderson. Well, he's, he got hurt during practice and he's on IR. I mean, I think it's as simple as that. So, you know, we'll look at, you know, obviously, we have Trey Herndon. We got DJ Hayden coming back up to the roster. So he'll come up this week. And then, you know, we'll look to see, um, you know, we'll have Sydney and, you know, we have Sydney, Trey, and Chris Claybooks, you know, really handling, you know, the outside for us. And, um, you know, um, DJ Hayden can obviously go back and play the slot. So we haven't made a decision yet. We're both we're playing those guys and see, you know, what the best combination we have is. Doug, uh, once you get past uh, Trey Herndon and Chris Claybrooks, you got a couple guys on your roster, Luke Barku and Josiah Scott, draft pick and a undrafted rookie free agent that haven't seen the field much. Where are they at in their development and their ability to maybe contribute in a situation like this? Well, you know, we've, Josiah Scott's more of, you know, we like him on the inside. He can play a little bit on the outside. Luke Bark, who's more of an outside guy. So, I mean, it's, um, it, it's pretty much getting thin. <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously those guys are going to have to step up and then we've got to put them in good position so we don't, um, you know, get them, uh, you know, into tough matchups. And obviously this week there's a lot of touch. Tough matchups when you go across the board. DJ Hayden 
is was on IR if, if I remember correctly it was a hamstring and and uh and he has a 21 day window so you anticipate him being active this week is what you're saying I I am saying that yep he he will be active this week since that show the other starting corner Sidney Jones the 4th has shown up on the injury report as of Friday afternoon he is questionable for the game with an Achilles issue and he has a history with a torn Achilles prior to the draft a few years back and that knocked his draft status down we'll see what the weekend brings we move along to Thursday's Jaguars Happy Hour Show. Tony Baselli and Jeff Lagerman described the matchup that the Jaguars must win to have a chance in Sunday's game and issued a bit of a challenge to a couple offensive tackles. I thought the tackles struggled a little bit, especially in the second half against Preston Smith and Zedarius Smith. It really got squeezed. It was highlighted at the end of the game, but if you watch the tape, um, the pocket started breaking down much earlier, earlier than just that last drive. If you thought that was a tough matchup, this is tougher. T.J. Watt's one of the best edge rushers in all of football, but Dupree's in a, another contract year. He was franchised. They and the difference is also this, in which is major. They have Cam Hayward pushing from the inside, and so it's a really good unit. It's one of, why they're one of the best sack, uh, have one of the best sack totals in the NFL. And I, I think it's a great opportunity, to be honest with you, for these tackles because if you're Cam Robinson and you want to prove that you're a franchise left tackle and that you deserve to get paid in the upper teens, low 20s, like a David Bakhtari just got, <clears throat> these are the games that you have to dominate. So you have to come out and say, hey, um, Jay Gruden, slide away from me. I got this guy. I can lock him down the whole game. And if, you, if you're Jawan Taylor and you want to be a guy who's respected as a premier right tackle, you have to be able to match up with T.J. Watt. Because the greatest compliment a coaching staff can give you as an offensive lineman and I'll just speak as a tackle, is when they say, um, we're not going to game plan. We're just going to block, you're going to block that guy. And I, I have told this story many a time. Jeff was there on the team in 96 when Kevin Gilbright basically had no game plan for Bruce Smith. And the only comment he made was, you know, five minutes to go in the uh, meeting the night before saying, hey, uh, Natron and James, on your way out to the routes, uh, take a peek. And if you, if you can get a chip, great. Um, and that's the greatest compliment as a left tackle you can get. When you know it's a premier matchup and they say, we have confidence in you. And if these guys, these young tackles, especially Cam, who's in a contract here, wants to be considered that, this is the game you have to go dominate. You have to go shut the guy down and say, I'm going to erase Bud Dupree from the statute. Right, well, I'm going to be the realist here. You're being <laughs> very kind when you said that they didn't play very well at the end of the stretch of the Green Bay game. In fact, that's one of the reasons why the Jaguars didn't have an opportunity to win it is because of the protection of the tackles down the stretch. It was, it was poor. And it's but been Jeff, poor Jeff, I was, earlier Jeff, in this Jeff, year. Let me jump in real quick. I was actually saying not just down the stretch. What you're saying, I agree 100%. I thought it broke down much earlier than that. If you watch it, it was starting to get squeezed even late in the first half. Going into the second half, they were getting, the edges were getting soft. That's my point. I agree with you 100%. And I, I think it's disappointing be, and here, for two reasons. One, the Smith brothers, even though they're not brothers, one of them was pretty good, and that was Zedaria. And Preston was not playing that well. Tony, I, I, I would love to see Cam Robinson to be able to step up and go, I can block that guy, just let me take him one-on-one. -on -one. But have we ever seen him do that to far less Less, more inferior players? No. Jawan Taylor. Have we ever seen him shut anybody out? 
Uh, we've seen them play really well at times. To me, those two guys have got to pick it up. You have a legitimate opportunity to win the game in Green Bay, and all you have to do is protect the quarterback. Protect the quarterback. Give him a chance. And he's a young quarterback. So that ought to give you even more motivation to, to block your guy to give him more time. And it was a disappointing performance. And at the end of that game, Cam Robinson had the shoulder. I don't know if it's going to bother him this week, but that's a concern because he's going against Bud Dupree, who's a very strong physical guy. And Cameron Hayward, by the way, big and strong and physical. And he's going to line up right on top of Cam Robinson at times. Stephon Tuitt, we've seen that where Jawan Taylor has gotten in trouble has been, been when he's been pushed back into the, into the pocket, been into the uh, lap of the quarterback. And Stephon Tuitt might be stronger than Cam Hayward. And T.J. Watt is a heck of a pass rusher, and he will bring a physical aspect as well. So this is a tough matchup this week. You know, we hope that the tackles can step up, but they haven't shown any sign of it yet. Jaguars Happy Hour airs Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday on Jag's social channels. The Monday and Thursday shows are also on 1010XL AM Radio in Jacksonville. So we are set to go. It's the Week 11 matchup. The 9-0 Pittsburgh Steelers and the 1-8 Jacksonville Jaguars kick off Sunday at TIAA Bank Field set for 1 o'clock. On Radio Sunday, the Public's Tailgate Show kicks off at 10 a.m. CBS Sports play-by-play man Ian Eagle joins us. He'll discuss Ben Roethlisberger's season so far and what Jake Luton needs to prove down the stretch. Plus, special teams coordinator Joe DiCamillis explains his reaction to six kickers in one season. At noon, Jaguars Radio Network coverage takes over with countdown to kickoff. It's a 1 o'clock kick, and of course, after the game, Jaguars postgame presented by TIAA Bank with yours truly, Mike Dempsey and Fred Taylor. And then we take your calls in the scoreboard show as NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joins us. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick, and we'll catch you next week on the Jaguars broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.